Hello and welcome to another episode of Said You Think That Was Good, Do You? Hot off the press, hot on the pop, hot in your ears. This week, we're revisiting the 1999 classic Stuart Little, where a rodent insurgent pretends to be a normal orphan boy for a whole 90 minutes. I'm joined once again by my sexiest associates, Sam and Carl. Say hello in that order, boys. <laughs> hello, sorry, I'm still... <laughs> incapacitated <laughs> hot in my ears excellent that was my intention and hello boys from me <laughs> excellent before we get started i just want to say little high little low little hey little ho ah, oh, cole did exactly what i wanted fantastic so carl I always... as you suggested this give me your thoughts on this movie made from a mouse's dreams i just <laughs> I I just love that you said mouse insurgent because what I wrote about this movie is that it reminds me a lot of, did you ever see Orphan from about 10 years ago? Ooh, rings a bell. Where the young girl turns out to be an adult woman who gets adopted into a family and then just starts like, I think she murders them. Yes, I repressed that movie. That is what this movie reminded me of. Yes. Because that is an an adult man. It's all fitting together. Oh, well, yeah, that's a, I, I think I have yeah, a note on this later on, but a baby mouse really is much smaller than that. He's a fully grown mouse. He, yeah, and how long do they live, really? So that's a, that's voiced a by a 40-year-old man. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was, um, we're jumping ahead here, um, but he was, uh, Michael J. Fox was five years younger than Gina Davis. Michael J. Fox. Um, who played his mum. Yeah. I cannot yeah, believe that. I did not do that, that right, research. I? I was focused on other elements of this movie. Yeah. Well, I did quite deep research. Like, <laughs> yeah, at the we'll, we'll circle page. back to that. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll circle back. But no, but no, you're right. He absolutely is yeah, a fully oh, adult mouse. I'm happy to go into it right now because I actually I went to the IMDb page too. And did you see who else was considered for this role? Evan, you're going to love the first one. Oh, hit me. Matthew Broderick. Of course he was. Of course <laughs> he was. And I want to put a pin in here because I'm going to bring it back to old MB a little, little later on. Oh, no, that's cool. Because the one that stood out to me, <laughs> Ray Romano. Uh, I can, um, he's oh, more of a God. Ratatouille vibe. But, uh, I wrote down here that Ray Romano sounds like Sylvester Stallone if he took all those punches for real. <laughs> Manford the Mammoth from Ice Age voicing like Michael J. Fox gets away with it because it's kind of ambiguous. Is that an adult man? Is that a child? He's soft enough spoken. If that mouse was voiced by Ray Romano. Yeah, too that. iconic a voice. Not just iconic, too adult a voice. Like, yeah. How creepy would that be? I want you to bring me home a little brother, and then they bring home a mouse to hang out with a with a voiced by Ray Romano. Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think, I think that's a different movie. Anyway, yeah. I think if there's a movie about a mouse voiced by Ray Romano, we watch a movie about a kid who gets adopted from an orphanage that has a mouse living in it. Because no one's adopting that mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, while we're talking about the fact that Stuart Little's way too old, clearly he's got the voice of a man. I, I did do a little bit of research into this. I mean, the common mouse lives between three and five years. And it was clearly mentioned in this film that Stuart Little's parents died. It's mentioned in quite a throwaway 
way that his parents were <laughs> brutally killed. But we'll come back to that. It's mentioned that his parents were killed mm-hmm. a few years ago. Let's call that at least three years ago. Stuart Little is a fully grown adult mouse who, this isn't relevant, but who reached <laughs> sexual maturity at 25 years old. That's totally relevant. <laughs> That's just a mouse fact. He's well beyond the age of being adopted. And that's completely ignoring the idea that he's a mouse, which brings me nicely on to an idea we should address right away before people get annoyed, is that, so is this a world in which the two top species who are sentient are mice and humans? Because, yes, it's odd... You want to go there right now? ...they've picked a mouse. Yes, I think we need to before we get into any of the other absurdities of the movie. I went into... I got far too obsessed with what this world... Yes, what is this world? world ...is set up. Because the the person who, you know, is running them through the adoption when they they say they want to do it, she isn't surprised that they're picking a mouse because it's a mouse. Like, everyone can understand him. She's like, oh, but he's not your species. Usually some mice would come in and adopt this fully grand grown-up mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Fully grown mouse. Fully grown-up mouse. (laughs) And uh, so then I just, what are the, the consequences um, yeah. of an idea like that? Because they have well, a cat. It's more than just that idea. He is registered at that orphanage. He's not like a mouse that's infested the place. No, no, no. He has paperwork. He has paperwork. He has clothes. His family, who show up later on in the movie, have clothes. They call for a taxi and that taxi stops. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> We've got to assume that, yeah, mice are, I was going to say equal to humans. They're clearly secondary to humans. They're a pretty subservient race. I I, I have an entire section in my notes called Bigotry in the World of Stuart Little. (laughs) I got obsessed. (laughs) Where where they go back to find out about his family and she's like, oh, those families aren't good at paper. She's a real, she's a real mousist. She did. There was some mouse racism. They just discover that Stuart's parents were murdered all that time ago. But it wasn't like a revelation to her. It was more like she misplaced the notes. And was like, oh, yeah, no, sorry we didn't tell you. His his parents are actually dead. I just thought I'd pop by and tell you that. I wrote that nobody's shocked that Stuart talks, but they're all shocked that someone would adopt her. Yeah. <laughs> if this is the social commentary that it yeah. seems like, it's quite a dark social commentary. I had a, a plethora of notes on that. Yeah. But... Because of the sensitive nature of the interpretation, I decided to delete them. Because applying this commentary about a mouse to anything else seems more offensive than the commentary they're actually trying to make. Heavy stuff. On a lighter note, actually, maybe this isn't lighter. We'll see as we go on. It's revealed fairly, you know, fairly early on that mice, as on a whole, can speak to cats. Mice can speak to cats. Mice can speak to humans. Cats can't speak to humans. So we can assume that mice are the universal interpreter here. And yet, cats are still kept as pets, even though they have human intelligence. So cats are slaves even below the status of mice in this universe. I'm sorry, Carl, I know you said you have a lot on digging into oh, the no, no, I'm happy for you to go, go for this it, universe. Go for I've already well, gone in on it. Whilst we're here on the cat topic, Snowbell... Uh, the cat they own is my favourite character in this by far. Oh, voiced by Billy Crystal. His fantastic movie. What I is he? I loved the He's cats. voiced by Nathan Lane. No. Yeah. 
That's Billy Crystal, right? No, no, no. It's Nathan I Lane. I thought that was Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I think it is. Um, I watched that entire movie thinking that was Mike Wazowski from, from Monsters, Inc. recognised the voice because he plays Gomez Adams in the musical adaption of The Adams Family. Uh, he is also Timon from The Lion King. Oh, you're, you're tearing apart my whole childhood here. I, I want to take you back a second, boys, because we did skip something. Did you notice the twist in The Tale of Stuart Little? I went there, right at the start. Uh, no. Written by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yes. I did notice that. No. Yes. No. 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 Yeah. No. I was pretty shocked. <laughs> in the same year, in the same year that he made um, The Sixth Sense. No. Right. M. M. Night Little. Shyamalan wrote Stuart Little. Incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Same year that he apparently also wrote She's All There. This is the hottest my ears M. have Night ever been. Night Shyamalan was 1999. That's She's crazy. She's all there, Stuart Little, and then The Sixth Sense. Jeez. This must be one he wrote for the, the script for, which just got put on the back burner and was happened to be made at the same time. There's no way he wrote <laughs> this at the same time as those other movies. But yeah, that's that's wild blind speculation. I'm not like I think that he's M. Night Shyamalan is some fucking <laughs> god of writing. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of his writing, though. Oh. But he writes some bangers, and also this. <laughs> I've got one... <laughs> one pretty good note here. That's from right at the beginning when they, they go to the orphanage. Go on. And it plays out like some strange Willy Wonka... What are those little people called? Umpa Lumpers. Umpa Lumpers. Like some weird choreographed song that all these orphans come into the room and they're all dancing about and being happy. I'm thinking, I also why are all those orphans so happy? More speaking of the entire plot as a whole or the meaning behind the film, but I think this movie tries to teach us, if we're talking about what it teaches us, that being that being adopted by a family who insult you, try to drown you, try to eat you, and will hand you off to the first strangers who show up at the door is still somehow better than living life as a perfectly happy orphan. I'm glad you've touched on that. And I think this is a good point to jump ahead all that way. But they really did no fucking checking when those random mice turn up at the door and claim that other mouse as <laughs> their didn't. child. But to be fair, they didn't they didn't do any checking at the at the orphanage. There was I'm pretty sure adopting a child is a simpler process than walking into a room and then walking out with whichever one you want. Yeah, can you buy mice in that world? Well, you can buy children in this world. I've answered my own question. No worries, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've also, we've, we've already mentioned, uh, was it Snowbell or Snowball? Snowball. Snowbell. Snowbell. Okay. We've mentioned Snowbell already. Prior to watching this, I didn't remember that the cat spoke. So when the cat did speak, in the I was voice of Billy very Crystal as surprised. well. Very yeah. cool. In the in the voice of Billy Crystal. I went into this only really remembering minor plot points, very similar to Inspector Gadget last week. And yeah, you know, I knew Stuart was gonna be this annoying little prick. And then the cat really caught my attention. I didn't remember him speaking. He was funny and his subplot with all the other cats. I was much more interested. He was, he was a much more compelling character. And also the CGI on all of the cats was years ahead of Stuart Little. Oh my god. Yes, the cats looked like they were actually talking. Stuart Little was 
barely the same colour contrast to anything else in the screen. The cat acting was inc- was better than any of the other characters, in fact. Yeah. I mean, Hugh Laurie had not perfected his American accent pre-House. Hang on, was he wasn't American good. in this, was he? He was. I thought he was British he was in this. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. I mean, he was flicking back uh, and forth. They didn't make any reference to it, but he didn't sound American. He was trying to. And then he to. didn't sound like Hugh Laurie either. He didn't sound like House, definitely. He did not. He'd not perfected it. No. And the, the kids, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't like to criticise a, a whatever, 10-year-old's acting, but Christ, mm. that was a mess. I did recognise that kid, though, but the only other thing I could find that he was in was The Young Vampire, which I'm not even really he's, sure I saw. He's Jerry Maguire. That's how I know I'm him, I've not him, seen that but, movie. Um, no, the reason I picked Sorry. this film was like, it's not like one of those defining films of my childhood. I just found it really disturbing when I first saw it. And I kind of wanted to go back and revisit it now. And I was saying mm-hmm. to Sam before we start recording, like, start of the movie, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Decent film. Mouse shows up. Like, this isn't as bad as I remember. And then he smiles. Mm-hmm. That first smile. And I just yeah. was like, yeah, the world of CGI was not ready for Stuart Little. They hadn't done smiles. Oh, Good in- Lord. I went in with such low expectations that I actually quite enjoyed this this whole watch. I, I was hoping to be messaging you boys a lot more during ripping apart the movie, mm. wasting all my material in that chat rather than bringing it to this. But I actually had quite a good time watching this. I thought it was, you know, what a fun romp and had a, quite a bit more pussy messaging than I maybe needed. But um, I didn't think it was all too bad. No, same. I, I was completely on board with oh, we'll just watch this film, tear it apart, just talk about how shit it is. Mm. Did you know there were two separate subreddits devoted to the hatred of Stuart Little? You fucker, I was going to mention this as well. Did yes. No. And I was just like, I, I had a read of a few of them, and I was like, we, we can't go down this path, these people are twats. They're um, the worst people and the worst memes I've ever seen, but I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not associating myself with it. I found one I want to talk about how great this film is. Oh, there are two. I mean, I found the Reddit, when I first started looking up, I mean, I googled Stuart Little, and one of the top results was the Reddit page, fuck Stuart Little, dedicated to... Oh, there's to also Stuart Little Facts. Stuart Little Facts. <laughs> Is that also dedicated to hating him? Yep. Oh, wow. Um, I, I mean, this does lead into something that I've, something I've noticed, which is that Stuart Little, it's not just us. Stuart Little has had a bit of a resurgence in the last few years. I mean, that subreddit popped up in 2018. And there are quite a few pages, quite a few videos that have popped up in the last few years. Looking Universally back hated. to Stuart Little. And every single one of them is dead set laser focused on hating Stuart Little. He's more hated wow. than any villain in any movie that I've ever seen. I feel well off the mark here that usually I love to hate on things. I'll jump on that fucking rage wagon any day just to to feel the rush, you know? But I watched this, as I said, I, I, I didn't enjoy it, but it wasn't that bad. Oh. I had a better time watching this than I did Inspector Gadget, for, for sure. I'm a Michael J. Fox fan, so I, I was always going to prefer this to Matthew and Broderick. Was good. And when they first brought him back to the house... And said, do you, want to, do you want a tour? He said, I don't have any money. I genuinely left. Yeah, That's I a don't... good line. That's, <laughs> a, that's a good line. Huh? Mm. Uh, also, not the humor of a child. That is the humor of a 40-year-old man. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That was improv by Michael J. I actually um, have a list of a few more people that were considered for the role, and I kind of just want to list them off now so Sam can do impressions. I'm not doing any impressions. <laughs> and you're deleting that, that other one. Yeah, that won't stay in mind. It was that bad. Um, John Cleese. Oh, no. No, no, no. Maybe as the dad? As the mouse. Who could have replaced... As, as yeah, that's mad. Playing a child. That's gross. In 1999. He's not a child. <laughs> Well, it's not okay, a child. okay, but the mouse is pretending to be a no, child. Yeah, the mouse is pretending to be a child. Yes, but Michael J. Fox does get away with that. In a way, John Cleese <laughs> absolutely not could get away with that. That would be off-putting as hell. Oh. <laughs> uh, time for your impression, Sam. Oh, you what, you all fucking went on. That's Pray John Cleese, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know who you think no, John Cleese British. is. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was John Geezer. <laughs> Good God. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> i got one, one more for you, just because this one disturbed me. Yeah. Woody Allen. You want one, you want one, you want that mouse alone in a, your son's bedroom? No. Where were these? No. Who was suggesting these? Did they just make a list of names they knew? I'm not sure if any of these were ever actually considered and, you know, even less so contacted. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, it says, it says were considered. No. I mean, it might have just been they sat down with a piece of paper and wrote down actors they'd heard of. <laughs> wrote down a bunch of first names and then put down a surname matching any actor alive at that point. Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, that I'd watch. That's he's on, he's on the list. still on the same Bill list. Murray? Same list. Bill he's Murray. on the list. Great. Yeah, I think you mean Tom Hanks. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> You're just rattling off a list of all actors who were big in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty certain that's what they did. Yeah. yeah. And Matthew <clears throat> Broderick as well. Of course. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he was thrown aside like that dog turd he is. <laughs> We've done this. Uh, I like. Our first, our first, our first podcast was just uh, the Matthew Podrick, and it seems to just be carrying on into this one as well. Yeah, I enjoyed well, I'm that name. Absolutely positive, he'll be mentioned in every episode. In fact, this is a great time to take that pin out of the point I made earlier, which was my link from this movie to Matthew Broderick. Nathan Lane, the guy who voices Snowbell, yeah. was in a play with Matthew Broderick. There uh, you go, that's my I mean, fact. He was also in Lion King. I was going to say, Broderick he was also in Simba. the Lion King with Matthew Broderick. Oh, no! I repress that fact every time you tell it to me. Now I'm going to have to go into my little mental basement and put that back in there, because I like the Lion King. But it's out of the box again, and I don't want to think about him as being Simba. I, I found, I I like found Simba. a link to our last movie in this. The doctor who goes to see Stuart after he nearly drowns is no. Chief Quimby. Wow. Oh, the second it I, came on, I was like, I know that man. Uh, also, he was a doctor. Why was it not a vet? Do, do, do mice also get doctors in this universe? Mice have doctors, dental records in this universe. True. <laughs> I've told you, there is something to dig into in this universe, but I don't know what it is. I just want to say now, because I'm going to cut this out and paste it back when you actually said this. Um, some people have a mind palace. Evan has a mental basement. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just going to cut that back in so it looks like I was more quick-witted. Well, you can use my laugh from just by there, too. Yeah, um, yeah there are a weird amount of links, apparently. I mean, I suppose, you know, all 90s films followed the same themes. At least the kids' films did. Was it about heart? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you noticed this, and this certainly isn't a very interesting thing to say, so I'm happy for it to be cut out, but there is an awful lot of red in this movie. Just the walls were red, red jumpers, red boats, red offices, everywhere just fucking covered in it. As far as I can tell, and that was I a choice. I don't know why it stuck out to me. Yeah, oh yeah. I, yeah. I was trying to think, what does this represent? Because surely if but there's this much of it... The most it, it I could find something. on it is every time the littles... Are in a scene, the scene is red. Never there, says was, why. Um, there was something on IMDb about that. It's a bit of trivia, but I can't imagine what the relevancy is. Hang on, uh, were they all ghosts all along? Because that's mm. what it is in. Oh my god, it's M Night Shyamalan. That's what it is in the Sixth Sense. <laughs> Every time there's a ghost in the scene, there's red. That's an actual fact. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's an actual fact I've just made up. That's groundbreaking. I'm gonna Google this. Let's uh. Get ready for some typing noises. Red in the sixth sense. In the sixth sense! Sorry. <laughs> you'll notice that red is visible at a point where the real world and the supernatural worlds collide. Stuart Little is in the same universe as the sixth and sense. And his existence in it is the supernatural and real worlds colliding. Either that, or M. Night Shyamalan likes the colour red and he's gone back and done revisionist history here to make himself sound smarter. God, I fucking love red. (laughs) 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 Fucking go out for drinks with a guy who's banging on about red all night. Just love red. Yeah, don't don't worry about my latest movie. Have you ever seen red? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair... Red is a movie with Bruce Willis, who appears in his next film. Oh, it all connects. Shit. Oh my god! Wheels within wheels. Oh my god! <laughs> and Bruce Willis is bald, like all the ghosts from Pac-Man. Oh. <laughs> Even the red one. This is crazy, boys. And Matthew Broderick voiced one of those ghosts. The world is evil. But I don't know anyway. how much like editing we're going to do in terms of moving this stuff around, but. I'm not going to move anything around. Cool. The no. book. Did you did you read anything into the book? Yes. I didn't know. I literally only just saw that the book existed. As much as I hated the adoption scene, I'm really mm-hmm. glad they chose that over following the book. Having looked into which... the book, it seems like they made the right choices in what they changed. Oh, yeah. He is Go on, elaborate a three-inch tall boy. Who is just born to Mrs. Lil? She just pops out a three-inch no, baby. No, no, no. Hang on. Who looks, looks like exactly like a mouse in the book? He just looks like a mouse. He's not a mouse. No, he's just got a tail and whiskers. I know. He's not an actual mouse in the book. Yes, he is a boy who looks like a he's mouse. A boy who looks like a mouse. He's, a boy he's only like ever mouse. referred to as being like a mouse. Yeah. And in in the movie, I think when so she Stuart... fucked a mouse. That's how that must have happened. Some like horrible crossbreeding of. Well, yeah. Yeah. Davies. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. And that, I t- did a little bit of digging. And um, in a letter the author wrote in response to inquiries from his readers, 
they asked him about the inspiration for the book and it is very very deep he went even deeper than we did many years ago i went to bed one night in a railway sleeping car and during the night i dreamed about a tiny boy who acted rather like a mouse that's how the story got started wow (laughs) cool um while we're talking about the book um the plot differs a little bit as well including Stuart's relationship with Snowball um, to... Bell. Snowbell, sorry. Um, So one of the summaries, one of the summaries that I read of the book online, um, or actually no, two of the summaries, they both mentioned a particular scene from the book where Stuart is working out to show off his fitness and, yeah, and he gets stuck in the blinds in front of Snowball, which reads from that it, like something out of Pornhub. Oh, stepbrother, <laughs> I'm stuck in the blinds. Oh, step, step cat, no. <laughs> it then says that Snowball takes step advantage cat, of the situation up. by taking his, I think it said top hat and cane. So there's a lot. Is that a euphemism? Book. It could be. That is what I call my virginity. Um, it's, it's got a different plot. Like I said, I think they made the right choices when they adapted it for a movie, which is the choice to when was completely the... change everything about it, except for the fact <clears throat> it's a little mouse. Was the washing machine scene included in the book, do you know? No, it was a fridge. He got stuck in the fridge while he was eating some cheese. <laughs> oh God, that's even worse. It does make more sense than eating cream of mushroom soup. Mice do love cheese. M. Night Shyamalan does love red. <laughs> Um, well, the fridge is even more horrifying than the washing machine scene, which is, I was pretty horrified by that. She can't see him. I don't know how she did spot him in the end. And he's, well, he's drowning. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing she walked back into the washing room looking for him. Hmm. Don't know why she did. Oh. Don't know why he would be in there. Lucky that she did, though. Considering She walks over. He thinks she's about to open the door and she just sits on the corner of the washing machine and enjoys herself for 10 minutes. Yeah, we watched different movies. You pirated this from the wrong place. But that is startlingly similar in theme to the movie Turkle in Trouble, which we will be watching down the road. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I am looking forward to I think that'll be a few more in. I'm not ready for that, but... um, that's basically the kind of movie that is. Um, while we're talking about uh, his life being endangered, um, mm-hmm. I want to come back to his parents being dead. There's a lot of references. In this film to, Runs in the family. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of references in this film to mouse deaths, and they seem to be really like enjoying the gruesome, grotesque detail. I mean, first of all, there's the fact that his parents were crushed to death by cans and were only identifiable by dental records. That was thrown in there in quite a whimsical way. Like, that's a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Then they go to the police station and there's a quite drawn-out scene where they're being shown pictures of particularly bloody and gruesome mouse deaths. Yeah. This also lent into my... This reminds me of Orphan thing from the very start. Where was Stuart when his parents died? Oh, good point. I'll, I'll just I like this movie. The cans. Yeah, exactly. Did he do the cans? I mean, how, uh, 
Mice don't give birth to one baby. Where are his brothers and sisters? <laughs> this is a darker movie than we all realised. Yeah, I, I read too much into this film. Oh, a marinara of mice. Mmm. <laughs> 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 It's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm mm. looking through my notes trying to find something because we've gone so wildly off topic that I've no idea where we are at this point. We're we're here, there, and everywhere, mate. And I'm enjoying. We are. There's, yeah. a, there's a scene that I really liked, and this is getting quite specific. But um, during the boat race, which is one of the few scenes from this film that I did remember before watching it, um, there's a great scene where the kid. And do either of you remember the name of the son kid? George. George. Let's call George. him. Let's call him George. Call him, yeah. So I think he's called George. George pushes up next to the um, the bully. Um, the bully turns to him and says, "There's one thing from '90s films that I'm glad they got rid of: cunt children, random bullies." So yeah. we're meant to hate for no reason. Like he's not throughout the film; he just pops up. Yeah, this guy was a. He was we're a meant, weirdly. We're meant to hate him, and then he leaves. He was a weird antagonist that was in the movie for mm. about five See? minutes total. I've written here at several points. There are certain parts of this movie I would have rather have seen the movie of. The first one of that being the cats and all the alley cats. I think that's really cool. My other note here I is that I want to see the, the movie. 90s. Yeah, that's a great movie. We're coming to that yeah. much later on. We're hitting that movie up definitely. And uh, the other one here is I want to see a movie about the boy who tried to murder Stuart whilst knowing he was on the boat. I think that's an why boy. What's going on at home? Yeah. What's going on at home for you We've to discussed... destroy this when sailed boat when you've got a motorized one and there's a mouse? In that scene, it seemed like his purpose was to show that George's he was the rich kid to George's down to earth average kid who lives in a two story house in central New York City, <laughs> which they can afford yeah. on one income. Adopting a mouse every three months Booms. and then it going missing. Okay, I'm getting back to what I was saying. So he pushes to the front and he turns to this bully and the bully says, you're done crying? And he says, yeah, <laughs> you're done being a jerk? And the bully says, no. Banter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> That's the whole dialogue. I loved it. Uh, I reckon that part was written by M. Night Shyamalan for sure. Yeah. What a twist ending. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So it's actually just after this scene, uh, because now the little boy loves Stuart because he was just in danger and there's been the bullies. We know who the bad guys are. It's no longer the main boy, George. But he's found a way to exploit Stuart now, so now he's with us. Yeah. Exactly. So now they're friends, and this is where Stuart's parents... Oh, there was enough air quotes in my voice there for you to understand that. (laughs) uh, Turn up. And... Something I thought was worth taking note of, I guess, was that the fake parent's surname is Stout. Yeah. Stuart Stout. Stuart Stout. Stuart Stout. Stuart Stout. Isn't that enough of a red flag to know that that's not their son? If your last name is Stout, you you don't name him Stuart. Evan Evans. Evan Evans. I mean, okay, maybe it's something to be mildly sceptical about. I mean, yeah, Evan Evans, not a, not an especially rare name in Wales, but even putting that aside, I think even with the slightly odd name that is Stuart Stout, you don't give 
a child away to the first people who show up at the door and say, yeah, yeah, that's, he's mine. No, I suppose the bigger red flag is the lack of identification. Yeah. But maybe that's not the mice's fault, mate, you know? Maybe they, there's not a system set up for them. Maybe they don't. There, it seems like in this world there are some things that are set up for mice and there are some things that just aren't. For example, Dentists. when Stuart first <laughs> shows up at the house, somehow they've got um, a little bathroom set up for him. A little bathroom with yeah. tiny taps and a tiny sink and its own water supply. Didn't get him a toothbrush, though. Giant toothbrush. Giant yeah. toothbrush. <laughs> That's mad. So either they knew they were getting a mouse all along, or the house previously had mice living in it with that setup of their own, and they moved in and they were like, oh, we'll remove that little mouse mouse bathroom at some point, but never got around to it like none of us ever do. Or maybe the littles are secretly horrible and they intended to make a child. (laughs) (laughs) Got a toothbrush. True. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to see the alternate cut. (laughs) They take home a child and it's got to work its way around that that sink, checking its teeth in that mirror. Um, so after the parents turn up, obviously they, they, they take Stuart away. I hate fucking referring to the main character who is a mouse as Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this character deserves any sort of critical thought. Um, and they all, like, they're trying to hail a taxi and then the taxi comes and they try to get in and all the Stuarts just stand in the door and watch these little mice struggle to get into a fully full-grown taxi. They do. No, maybe that's just the setup of the wall because if a little person, a person with dwarfism, tries to get into a taxi, you know, you don't go help them, do you? That is offensive and horrific. So I guess you wouldn't do the same for the mice, but the way they just stand there and watch them struggle to get in... It is hilarious. And that is also something... The first time Stuart comes home, and I'd mentioned this to you, well, actually, no, I mentioned it in the chat. The first time Stuart comes home, I love that he's clearly having trouble hoisting that luggage into yes. the into the front door which they later hold in two fingers because it's mouse luggage but yeah um it also conveniently cuts away every time a mouse has to achieve something that no mouse oh, would do. to do something yeah so a little uh, embarrassing fact about me here for you um i have only known you boys for the past what eight years yeah, yes. Um, when I was before sixth form, so when I was before 16, I was tiny. I was not the Goliath that you see before you today. I was probably about five foot until sixth form. Five, four, max. Smaller than Chloe, definitely. Yeah. And uh, I went away on a school-organised holiday to Sorrento in Italy, which is beautiful. Oh, you should go one day. It's... Amazing. Oh, you have. Yeah. Fantastic, isn't it? Isn't Pompeii amazing? It is. Um, and I brought my little suitcase along, and I hadn't realised how dramatically tiny it was <laughs> compared to everyone else's who had normal-sized suitcases, and I had what turned out to be was hand luggage dragging <laughs> along behind me. And everybody laughed, and I didn't really know why. And I didn't really think about how tiny I fucking was. And then on one of the nights, they were like doing these this award ceremony for different things people had done. And it came to my point, everyone had gotten something really nice, like, you know, funniest member or made the best food on the, on the day we went out and all made food together. And I got the Stuart Little Award for being the tiniest cunt. 
You got oh, you <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, life has come full circle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think the reason I haven't watched this in so long is because that's quite a, a knife in my uh, heart. Fantastic. This makes me really wish that it had been Broderick who played Stuart Little. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad I didn't win the Matthew Broderick Award. Yeah, you were the, the wonderful twat. title there. Uh, yeah, so there's my little. Uh, I'm glad I got to bring that up. That's been, that was great. That's been weighing me down for a long time. Back in the mental basement. <laughs> Lock that iron door. Mm-hmm. That tiny suitcase. <laughs> oh, well, I've gone through all of my notes. Um, there is I plenty haven't. more plot here. Um, I figured but... we could discuss plot afterwards, and I also have a oh. game to play. That sounds interesting. I thought we'd want to look at the trailer. Tell me intrigued. I think you're already going to have the answer to my game, but we'll play it anyway. There's a good chance you've already read this. Boys, I want to play a game called Guess That Budget. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Evan, are you already aware of the budget of this film? Uh, I am not. I am not. Evan, I want to play a game called Play That Budget. Play That Budget? Shit. Uh, Guess That Budget. Guess that budget. I'm going to give you a bit of context for the year 1999. Okay. okay. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Okay. Phantom Menace. Okay. Oh, well, that's. I know this is going to be way bigger. Let's do a little. $115 million. Okay. The Mummy. You're going to give me the other end? The Mummy. Okay. $80 million. Ooh. Matrix. Okay, this feels like a trap. $60 million. Wow. Okay. The world is not enough. $135 million. I like this, I like this. Where did Stuart Little fall? Okay. I think... Uh, before you, Little, before you guess, I took the low yeah. estimate from the internet. I took their lowest estimate. Okay, okay. There was a far higher so, estimate, which I decided... I'll, 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 I'll go for the low end. Hit me. I will assume, using my Stuart Little award-winning brain, that my guess should be somewhere within the range you just presented me. It's not lower than any of those. It's not higher than any of those. All right, I'll give All you right. some more from the decade. No, 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 no. It's good, it's good, it's good. I've got enough to work with to make an evaluated, informed, fucking clinical decision here. I think it cost $92 million. That's a very precise number. Yeah. You're wrong. I mean, I happened to, I did look into this, so it's low. The low estimate on this film is $103 million. Okay, yeah. well, high estimate heading into, heading into 130 Okay, well, I was a bit I, off of that. I was going to originally play Where Did That Budget Go? <laughs> we know where it went, <laughs> so I will just ask. On all the cats, obviously. The budget went on to getting in contact on that with smile. the agents of every single actor and actress in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the money went on the nose. <laughs> That's good, I like that. Was yeah. it worth it? Um, was it worth it? You know, was that worth it? It is not as good as any of those other movies you mentioned. You know, with The Mummy being a much lower budget, with a much better cast, story, writing, visual level of everything. 
because uh, no, like, the director was when awful. the director's been asked about this. He said uh, that the price, the cost of the movie was obviously just obviously just because of animating Stuart Little, but Space Jam came out that same decade. A live action yeah. movie with animated characters, but True. they were two D characters. Well, that's what I mean. Is well, that's what I mean by was it worth it? Would it have um, been better to oh. do it that way? No, 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 no. A two D Stuart Little in this would have been freaking because they're all cartoon characters. I know, so I expect them to look like that. If Stuart Little had been a little two D cunt, that's a much weirder movie because not only is he small. He's a fucking different dimension to everyone else. And that's freaking. <laughs> I'm gonna no. Yeah. How does he eat everyone else's food? He has to have two D food at that point. Oh no! You're twisted my melon. To answer your question, Carl, I'm gonna cut and say, no. Of course, it wasn't worth it. It's it's <laughs> not it's not a great film. I would probably say it's not even a good film. I think I'm in the minority. I wouldn't there. have spent my 103 million dollars on this. No, I'd have probably. Chatted at something else, but I don't think it's awful. Was it worth 103 million? I'd probably stop being a pussy and say no. It fucking fucking wasn't, was it? But I'm glad Michael J. Fox got this money because yeah. he's a fucking G. Fuck Matthew Broderick, though. Absolutely, yeah. Good game. Good game. I also believe the um, the second one, which I don't think I've seen, but the sequel, Stuart Little Two, had an even higher, higher budget. budget. 110 yeah. was it? Thereabouts. Uh, 110, 120, something like that. 110. And the budget for the third one. <clears throat> About 20 quid. Yeah. <laughs> I looked <laughs> and I looked and I could not find anything, not even an estimate. Um, yeah. That's because someone paid for someone to do it on Fiverr. It do- yeah, it does look yeah, like something good. that's been cobbled together. Oh, yeah, they Bunch brought up. back all the same voice actors, well, the actors, but they became voice actors because the third one was animated. I thought was strange. Weird. They got Hugh Laurie. Hundred and yeah, they got Hugh Laurie, Gina Davies, Nathan Lane. Wow. Uh, Billy Crystal didn't return. (laughs) Michael J. Fox never showed up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the the second one. Although I don't remember anything about it, I think it's the only one I owned on DVD as a kid. I haven't uh, seen it. We were quite a poor family, so a lot of our DVDs are picked up at like bargain bins and stuff. So I had a a lot of sequels to movies, but not necessarily the first one. (laughs) So like this, cheaper by a dozen two naked gun thing from the nineties. I would love to explore at some point. Straight to video sequels. Oh, they died off massively, and like like. They're hilarious. Aladdin oh, yeah, 2, yeah, yeah, where yeah, the yeah. genie's voiced by Homer Simpson. Fantastic. Yeah. Really? Lion King that. 3, no Matthew Broderick. I didn't find out about most of these sequels until getting a Disney Plus subscription. And whenever I search for any hmm. iconic Disney film, I see a number two. I was like, what? There's a Mulan <laughs> 2? What? Okay, boys. My ears are about as hot as they can be. And now we come to the all-important question... So you think that was good, do you? And Carl, it was the honour of you presenting the movie this week. So you think that was good, do you? I'm, I'm going to surprise you, I think, and say yes. I enjoyed that film. That I said, um, I picked it not because it was like a defining movie in my childhood, but because I remember being horrified by Stuart Little. So I wanted to go back and see it again. And I'm still a little horrified by him, but it's a good film. Got some exciting moments. Yeah, it's, uh, 
the the see the cats enjoyed that. Um, I that does absolutely me. have to agree. That, that surprises with you. you. Would not a good film for you? No. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think it was a good film. Sorry, I felt like I just cut Evan off, but. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, you, I oh. want to hear this more than I want to hear my agreeing simply with Carl. Yeah, no, that does surprise me. I, uh, I didn't think it was good. I, I mean, it wasn't egregiously bad. There were some good elements. I liked the cats. Really liked the cats characters, but Love everything outside of that, just bang average. Felt like it'd been hmm. churned out. Nothing really. The boat race is exciting. Uh, did you guys watch the end credits scene? Sort of. There was an you end credits I mean? no, scene like, as the credits start to as the credits start to roll. I mean, oh no, I I had to turn it off. By I think that. I've had enough. It shows how over invested I got in this film that when Snowbell tries to eat um, Stuart in the end credits scene in, when he's in the shoe, which I love that they put him in a shoe so that they could save money on animating him just the shoe <laughs> around the screen. But um, I, I love that I was just like, that's really ruined his character arc. Friends. <laughs> 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 um, as I was saying, I um, I was kind of in between you two. I I, did, I was expecting this to be bad, as has been the trend so far with this wonderful podcast. But I uh, I didn't hate this movie. I I would say I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And uh, there's some good, there's some good stuff in this. Much more good stuff than in Inspector Gadget. I loved all the cat stuff, same as you. Call that a whole scene in the park where the Snowbell was defending him from the other cats. I would have watched that movie, and I guess that movie is just cats and dogs. Uh, a movie which has more logic than this does in in how cats and dogs fit into the human. Also, world. a movie which I think we do need to talk about at some point. I have seen it recently. I will, I oh, will say have. that. Okay. Uh, it was on at Christmas when I was at Chloe's parents' house. I watched every second of that movie. I fucking loved it. Mind you, I was like six stutters deep at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, <laughs> <laughs> but me and her dad were loving that movie. We watched number two straight afterwards. Well, would you both agree, though, that, oh, Devin, when you say you like the cats, you like yeah. Smokey, right? Smokey was the evil one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that thug sort of. It did remind me a little bit too much of. What's that weird, jelly, not Jellicle cat in Cats? I haven't seen the Cats. The one who's the alley cat. I've not uh, seen Okay, that. well, he reminded me a bit too much of... Oh, people are going to be annoyed that I don't know his name. Ooh, Googling weird alley cat cats. Good luck. Okay, that has, that has <laughs> not been a good Google search. Evan, um, I feel like you should be able to Google things better than you are. <laughs> yes, I know, sorry. Mr. SEO. <laughs> The man obsessed with SEO. Yeah. <laughs> obsessed? It's my job. I'm not obsessed with it. I hate it. I'm so whimsical when it comes to Thailand and Google because I'm sick of doing the real stuff. Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, Rum Tum Tugger. And um, Idris Elba plays him in the in the Cats live adaption. And just looking at him reminded me of smoking this movie. So there was that negative contrast there. But I loved all that cat stuff. I thought that was real fun. Uh, I just fucking love cats, don't they? I love them. You do. Fuck my Maybe that's it. Maybe it, maybe I didn't like this film because I hate cats. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Perhaps that's what it comes down to. What do you feel about mice, mate? <laughs> Before this movie, <laughs> I was alright with them. 
and the colour red? Now, now that I've seen Stuart's mum, I've got uh, confused feelings about them. Oh, this is getting cut. Good lord. Just instantly (laughs) dropped Evan a message saying, I'm I'm watching Stuart Little and the mum is fire. And I hadn't seen that message all day. You messaged me at like 3.15 in the afternoon and I started watching at 8.30 and saw that. And then when you see it, oh, that little mole on her cheek. Oh, I think I messaged you back. Oh, I might have to go for it because it's quite funny. I do say so myself. It's very Evan. I think it was she'd get strangled. No, no, not the... the... You're not Gina Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was talking about the little mouse. (laughs) Oh, right, yeah. Is is this why you're claiming to hate this movie? (laughs) I'm watching Stuart Little. The mum is nice fingers fire emoji. I said, God, she'd get it. Big old strangle. (laughs) Big old strangle. (laughs) Chucking her in the bin. (laughs) Definite. Wait, what was it? Definite lamp. That's not what I thought you were going to say there, but yes. Yeah, that that woman is not a pie. (laughs) No, she's a lamp all day. And for you beautiful listeners, a lamp (laughs) is someone you'll keep. You'll keep this stuff, make them into something you want around the home. A pie is someone, you know, you're not going to say no, but you just want to ingest that and shit it out. I'm not admitting to the listener that we play lamp or pie in episode two. Absolutely and not. Rolling <laughs> straight on from all of that beautiful <laughs> chatter, boys. I think we can end this here. And so join us again next week where we enter the realm of the Goblin King.